My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good for us that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It was certainly not an unusual thing for Jesus to go off by himself. To pray. The Gospels report that happening several times. He would go off in the night. He'd go off in the early morning. He'd often go up on mountains, sometimes into the wilderness. And it doesn't tell us how long he was there, but it was a regular feature of his life to move away from all the activity, the demands on his time. The, the, crying for his attention, for his healing. And he would engage in an intimate contact with his father. And I can't help but think that whenever he did that, the scene that we just heard as the transfiguration is what happened to him in his experience all the time. Entering the presence of God he would be transfigured. He would experience the deep and intimate life, presence, love, voice of his father. They would look upon one another face to face and allow the law and the prophets through Moses and Elijah to be their conversation. And he would hear consistently Yes, you are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. What you are doing is exactly what I need you to do. On this particular day, however, Jesus decides to invite his three closest disciples with him into this experience. They have no idea what they're in for. They climb up a mountain. Jesus enters into his posture of prayer and they see something they've never seen before. 
They see the glory that they have they barely read about. And so there are some indications of it in the scriptures that they would have known, like we heard about in the first reading. But now they experience for themselves the glory of the presence of God. They see Jesus shining, transfigured, glorious, standing in the presence of Moses and Elijah. And they're overwhelmed. And even though they're overwhelmed, war is yet to come. As the great cloud shines, overshadows them and speaks. This time not to Jesus, but to them. And therefore to us. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's not clear why Jesus invited them up. It's not clear whether they could handle the experience. They were overwhelmed. It's not clear whether they understood what was being said to them. But we are invited to try to figure that out for ourselves. One of the things that I think the transfiguration reveals to us is that what we are ordinarily used to what we see around us, whether it is beautiful or whether it's not so nice, whether it, it shines with glitter and glamor or is just drab and ordinary, whatever we are seeing around us is not nearly the whole picture. The whole picture is what those disciples saw on the mountain of the transfiguration. Reality is not just what appears to us. Reality is that we are surrounded constantly by the glory of God. And that it is ready to be revealed to us. It is constant. It is not unusual. It is what is. And we're invited through this feast of the transfiguration to look for it. Knowing full well that it is there. One of the things that is true about where this event took place, at least in the Gospel of Matthew, it takes place soon after Peter has declared that Jesus is the, the Christ, the Son of God. Whether or not he knew what he was talking about is a good question. And in response, Jesus describes to him that he's going to suffer and die. And Peter can't take that news. Perhaps Jesus' response to Peter's disbelief, Peter's unable to accept that Jesus is going to suffer and die, is to show him the glory that that suffering and death is going to bring about. And then soon after this experience, Jesus once again tells his disciples about his upcoming suffering and death. I think now hoping perhaps that they will be more ready to see it and see it and know it. It's the revelation of God's glory, not his defeat. Didn't seem like that worked. But once again, it is there for us. And so the second thing the transfiguration reveals to us is that suffering itself is part of God's glory. Loss, death, the things we'd rather not experience 
are also surrounded and part of the great glory of God into which we are constantly invited. So Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John up the mountain. And he takes us as well. Let us know that he is being transfigured before us all the time. And that we are surrounded by the glory of God and the sound of God's voice inviting us to do one thing, to listen to the voice of Jesus, teaching us the, the way and the truth and the life. <laughs>